Hi, and welcome to the 368th episode of the MWA podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Sean Wisniewski and Mark Hicks. Today, we're asking Kyle Kidwell the five questions. And if you want to hear more about Kyle, be sure to check out his interview on episode 367. So welcome back to the show, Kyle. Hey, how's it going? Well, fantastic. And uh, But before we get into the five questions, uh, Mark, do we have a Patreon shout out? We do. Uh, a big thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Today, we want to say thank you to Nick Carruthers. Nick has is supporting us on Patreon. So if you yes. would like to support us, uh, go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and give us a pledge. Yeah, Nick's the grain doctor on various social media platforms and will be joining us as a guest once he gets his big shop move in. I don't know if any of y'all are following that, but it's quite an ordeal with all the gantries and cranes he's uh, put together. So I told him, Hey, as soon as you get all moved in, uh, come on the show. And he says, great, probably be uh, sometime in, I think he said September and October. I'm thinking looking at the Instagram feed, it's going to be more October, October, October ish. I mean, as we're nearing, we're the very end of September and, uh, yeah, yeah, October, maybe November. That, oh, this is, that'd be good to talk but, to but again. seeing some of the contraptions he's come up with to get stuff in and out of uh, basement workshops is just uh, simply amazing. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have a decrepit piano in our basement that we don't want to ever move. I've moved a piano once, yeah. and that's <laughs> not fun. <laughs> um, with the house. Oh, yeah, contraptions may be necessary. Oh, absolutely. It was left before. I mean, this is family. We bought it for yeah. my my wife's par- uh, great great grandmother but um but yeah it uh it it it's here for good because <laughs> hell no <laughs> it comes with the house yes yep it's a nice little box in the basement <laughs> all right well you like to get into the five questions yeah let's yeah, do it let's right. go for it so kyle on the last uh episode we talked about how you went from sort of woodworking for yourself to professional woodworking. Uh, how did you get into woodworking originally? Yeah, I think um, there are various sort of moments early on that were um, pretty influential. There was some early childhood memories of having scrap wood just kind of lying around in the garage. And I would literally just take hammer and nail and just tack boards together. I thought that was super great. Um, and then I went through a period when I was really into skateboarding and I would, again, just take scrap wood and make like ramps and boxes and just obstacles for that. And that was um, super fun and just memorable. And then I have like one really vivid memory from I must have been like maybe eight or nine. And I was hanging out with my cousins, my dad's brother, his sons and um, my uncle's. He's a hobbyist, but he's like crazy good. He he says he's a hobbyist and you see his work. He's really accomplished. And at that time, one of my cousins said he wanted a baseball bat. And so my uncle just turned a baseball bat right in front of my eyes. I thought it was like a miracle. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'll always remember that. I just, you know, it's, you know, you just, it was my first time seeing something really basic transform into something I recognized. And, you know, I've mm. just always remembered it. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, pretty cool. that's pretty cool. I, I, I too had an uncle like that. 
Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I mean, my dad's very skilled, um, but it was like a high school thing. And I wanted to make my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, a heart shaped box, uh, no relation to the Nirvana song. Um, <laughs> and no, and really, and, and I mean, I don't even know the details of it. I never saw it, but I, my uncle, I know he had a wood shop in his basement and, you know, we, you know like two weeks later, here comes this finished box heart shaped. I'm like, no shit. Like, that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> like that, that, that didn't, I, I, cause I didn't get to see it. It wasn't like, like part of it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that stuff all like builds up. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, you, you had a creative start. And then you get to see something and you, you kind of connect the two things and you go, Oh yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. that turns into something. Yeah. Very for cool. Sure. Yeah. That was, it was really great. You know, just, it's like magic at that age, you know, it just, it can be so impactful. Yeah. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Well, so, um, what's your favorite tool? Um, I think right now, probably cause it's the most recent thing is, is the, uh, the mini max slider that I got in, in July, I think it was. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah. I went from, I had a saw stop like every, everybody has, it seems. Um, <laughs> and, it was, and I had a slider attachment on it, um, yeah. the, their industrial version, um, which I thought was pretty good. You know, I can't say that it was, I was glad I had it. I'd rather have it than not, but I was always coveting the Euro saws with the scoring blade and just the, the action on the slider. Um, and that machines has been great. Um, I don't even have like a, their super nice one. It's, it's the SC three C I think it's called. Um, mm. it's only one step up from their intro saw. So it's really bare bones, but for me, it's like a game changer. Oh, well, wow. sliding saws are really nice. Yep. Yep. I'm glad it's there. Yeah, I, when I was at the Texas Woodworking Festival, Felder was there, and I was asking about them because they actually do have a flesh sensing technology on their sliders, but it's oh. only, but it's only on their top of the line machines. Mm-hmm. So it's like twenty thousand plus <laughs> sure. machines that have this because apparently it's some sort of um, sensor. I don't know if it's. Um, infrared or something around the blade but it basically just drops the blade instantly but it doesn't do anything about breaking or anything so it doesn't ruin mm. the blade but so it, just, um, it just drops it yeah. instead of holding yeah. it yeah. and drops yeah it. now i asked yeah. the guys if they thought that technology might, might trickle its way down to their lower uh offerings and they said no probably not because you know <laughs> this is you know, because it's so sophisticated and all that. But, you know, these were sales guys, so who knows? But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was that a, the Felders, do they all do the something? sliding feeds? Like, like hmm? do they have the slides? Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all, yeah, all, the, all it, theirs are sliders. European. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah the Euro, Euro type styles. That's yeah. interesting that, that it would be so proprietary to the upper line. Yeah, I think, well, that's where they introduce it, but we'll see, we'll see, you know, in a few years, but then of course, what was it? The parent company of Festival bought SawStop and I think, you know, I don't know if they have any other companies underneath them that build uh, actual, you know, stationary power tools, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say some of my worst run-ins on the table saw have been with kickback where Mm -hmm. it's really the saw stop technology it's going to help you there it's you know you have like yeah. a awkward drop off a cut or something and mm-hmm. type of wood going back into you know and 
I would I definitely think the saw stuff technology is great and I hear about a lot of dado accidents and stuff like that but um none of those technologies in my opinion deal with the kickback issue yeah no none mm-hmm. of them do yeah and if you ever look close in any of my videos and I always have the blinds closed so I don't get light coming you'll see a piece of blue tape on one of the blinds <laughs> and you have something to shoot mm. Yeah, yeah, that's when I was doing uh, like 45 degree cuts and, you know, a 45 yeah. degree piece would lay underneath that blade and get kicked back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was standing out of the way and they were. Yeah, it's when you push from way off to the left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I didn't really think anything about it until I was done because I was doing a bunch of these parts. And then I looked back and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Broken <laughs> window. Like, uh, no, it didn't break the window, but it broke the – well, it didn't even break the blinds. It just kind of blew out some some – these are little bitty small pieces of wood that was being kicked back. But mm-hmm. I go, I got to find a different way of doing that next time, which I have. So anyway. Yes, there you go. I was going to say, you want to you see something scary, just look up kickback videos. Oh, yeah. The damage yeah. they can do. Puncturing drywall, punk, you know, bruising ribs. Oof. Yeah, yeah, scary stuff. Bruising groins. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> I have that in my on my side. Anyway, so uh, Kyle, uh, who has influenced you the most in woodworking? Um, I think I kind of. I guess it depends on you know if I were to pin it down to like an isolated occurrence, it would be the baseball bat with my uncle. You know that was super. Mm-hmm influential for sure but um i also have taken quite a bit from my time at houston with um with bill houston the founder of houston and company i was there for a little over two years and just got to know him and how he um ran his company it it just really opened my eyes to i noticed early on he was very focused on you know obviously he he was aware and focused on the furniture side but it struck me how um, how much he was interested in the business side of it, and um, I feel like when I reflect on the time there, that just influenced me to think in terms of, you know, you need more than, or at least for what I'm trying to do, or anyone who's trying to do it professionally, you need more than just good technique and a shop and all that stuff. You have to find a way to uh, monetize it, you know, and mm-hmm. so... In that way, you know, I kind of view them as pretty influential, you know, just trying to find ways to make what you're doing profitable or make it where you can, you know, have a living off of the work. Um, so, yeah, those two things jump out to me, the the baseball bat magic and uh, my time at Houston. That's really cool. Is, yes. is uh, Mr. Houston still in business? Yeah, he's he's a, he's an amazing guy. He's I'm not sure how old he is. I think he's probably... I want to say he's pushing 70, but um, I chat with him a little bit here and there. Not all that often. It's usually when I'm like stumped and I'm trying to figure something out. Um, But he'll still go out there and mill, mill stuff, mill tabletop and, you know, um, get on machines and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome. He he also runs it. He's, he's handing it over to his son. It's like a father son company. So. Oh, very cool. He's doing a lot of the administrative stuff and bidding and, um materials and all that kind of stuff um and his son manages the shop runs the shop um but he still definitely gets out there which i always thought was really cool you know you hear stories about people who get 
so distracted with the business side of it that they're not doing the thing that drew him to woodworking in the first place. So mm-hmm. I always appreciated that he made a point of, you know, putting time in the shop just because he, he likes to do it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So what has been your biggest stumbling block? Um, I mean, that should be plural for sure. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way it's just one thing. Um, you know, a couple things that come to mind is, again, going back to the business side of things, I struggle with stuff like pricing, um, where, you know, it takes a long time to make a chair, to make anything. And I'm trying to go, I'm trying to fetch a reasonable hourly rate or shop rate. And when you do all the math and put it all together, you're like, that can't be a $5,000 chair because no one's going to buy it, you know? So <laughs> I, I kind of, I struggle with that stuff a lot, you know, especially with custom pieces. Um, just trying to bid stuff where I want to get paid and be compensated for what I'm doing and, you know, having a shop and the expertise, but worried that I'll go too high and lose the work. And um, I'm not sure if that'll ever go away, that that concern. Um, yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind, actually. <laughs> my uh, my uncle from the furniture company had a saying that really stuck with me. And he said, if you're going to starve, you might as well be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's, deep, man. that's super deep. You know, like it, if you can't price it and make money, you're better off not getting the job, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's There's no point in exhausting yourself just to lose money over it, you know, so... Yeah, um, yeah. It's it was it, it, like I said, it stuck with me. It's it's something to think about. Yeah, no, it's that's good. I, I like it. Yeah, I think we all all struggle with pricing. Anybody that makes anything and sells it out there, it's like, okay, what's this worth? And then you know, you see what other people are getting for similar products, and you go, okay, am I in the ballpark? Am I too high? Am I too low? And yeah, so. Yeah. But I, I like I, I like Mark. I like that. Uh, I like that. I'll. <laughs> Take that into consideration. <laughs> okay. So how has the internet influenced your work? That's yeah. another one where it's so hard to put it all in one or two sentences. I mean, the internet is, is, has a tremendous impact on what I'm doing, you know, just researching tooling and technique. Um, YouTube is huge. Uh, you know, in that respect, the internet is super influential. I mean, I, I guess I'm, you guys mean that in terms of in any any respect or like in design yeah. or all any of it? Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And another thing too is I've I really have been more and more kind of connecting with the community, which is a new thing for me. Like talking with you guys and some people on Instagram, and um, that's been awesome. You know, like I've been impressed with how willing everyone is to share information and try to just connect with each other. And, um, you know, I view that as like a bright spot. You know, it's it's just good to, I don't, you know, that I don't think that was really possible even like ten years ago. No, not ten. Yeah, it's it's really it is now. Yeah, yeah. It was just starting to happen. Way. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, the wooden net forms. <laughs> right. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man, yeah, are they still a thing? I guess probably. Oh, I they bet exist. they still are. Yeah. Yeah, that. Well, what was it? Lumberjocks. That's Woodnet it. and uh, Sawmill Creek. Sawmill Creek, yeah, that was oh, the other yeah. one. Sawmill wow. Creek, yes. I think those are all still going. I believe. I think I, I still believe they are too. Yes, they're all complaining about how the craft is dying and everyone's old and 
that's that's their thing yeah well it's not and i know that's what i'm saying but they all think it is because you know they're all on woodnet and sawmill creek yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know if i don't know if it's on this podcast or who i was talking to but um yeah at uh, the texas woodworking festival it was just this year yeah it, it was just, yeah, it was like, yeah, there were people there of all ages, but I'd say the majority of them were under 40, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Which is good. So yeah, with there, that, there is, there is, sorry, there is current, ahead. current conversations on woodnet.net. Just saying. Still okay. active. <laughs> Still active. All right. Scary as that is. I need to get over there and start, you know, bashing some heads around. Um, <laughs> you should promote the show. Just tell promote the show, not bashing the heads. After you edit out my comments about Woodnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I promote the show, I'll get like a thousand comments about, you know, how how we could do this better and why 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 don't you have this person? Oh, that's what we need. We need comments. (laughs) We've been trolling the wrong group. Exactly. Criticism. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, our apologies to anybody that's over there on the Woodnet forums. Obviously, haven't been there in a number of years, and I'm sure everything yes. has changed, and it's you know unicorns and butterflies over there. So anyway, that was, that was a good recovery. <coughs> good, good, good job. Anyway. So with that said, uh, so Kyle, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so I'm on uh, KidwellFabrications.com, and uh, on there there are links to uh, Instagram and YouTube. And I was just reminded that there's some Vimeo links on there, too. Yes. Have I told you about what I hate about? No, never mind. So, Mark, uh, (laughs) (laughs) where can folks find you? Uh, Joineffort.net or Mark at Mark Builds It on Instagram. Kyle? Kyle. Uh, You can can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram or Kyle Barton on YouTube. Sean, what about yourself? And similarly, you can find me at SeanW78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.